Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about this TransLink funding that was given to them by the provincial government yesterday. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Almost half a billion dollars from Czech writer David Eby, Premier, uh, there talking about how good this is, important TransLink is, important transit is, and... What's the money for? This is to maintain transit services in uh, Metro Vancouver and to preclude the need for fare increases or service reductions. That's what the money's for. They're quite clear about that. Oh, they'll buy a few buses and stuff, but it's mainly to maintain operations. Uh, And I'm going, didn't David Eby say it was a terrible mistake to use these one-time payments to maintain operations because what happens when the money runs out next year? And that's what I was thinking through his entire press conference yesterday. What happens when the money runs out? Well, this is what I'm wondering, too. If this is a one-time thing, like that's what, they say it is. what kind of adjustments is TransLink making to, you know, cope for this? Oh, we're going to deal with this, right? You know, this is the third time TransLink has been bailed out, right? And they were bailed out during the pandemic, of the pandemic and all that. So being bailed out again, and they're saying, now, you know, in the long run, we're really going to tackle this issue of costs and everything. No disrespect to TransLink, but it is a typical government organization. And I suggest to you, Simi, that as long as somebody's bailing a government organization out, it is not going to face the challenge of setting priorities or seeking new ways of funding. That's just the nature of government. And and that's true of the EB government as well, right? I mean, go back to a couple of weeks ago, Simi, when the mayor of Surrey said she was going to use the $90 million in infrastructure funding in Surrey, and they were going to use it to avoid a part of the tax increase this year and help pay for the policing transition. And the Premier got all high and mighty when he was asked about that. He said, well, they can go ahead and do this, but let me just tell you, this is one-time funding, and next year you're going to be on the hook for it yourself. You're going to have to cover the cost. Well, turn that around. <laughs> Turn that around to the TransLink bailout. David Eby yesterday is putting money up for operating funding for TransLink. He's put money up for operating funding for BC Ferries. So what is his actual stance on this? The money is one-time funding not to be repeated, or is it? And again, I go, it's clear from the provincial government finances and the government's own growth projections for this year that the money is going to run out. The surplus is one time, and the, money, and the money won't be there for these bailouts next year. So, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm going, if the money runs out as it's expected to do, what's going to happen to all these organizations that are getting bailed out this year? They're going to have to face the challenge of dealing with a lot less money and the same pressures on services and staffing and costs and public expectations as they're avoiding this year. Is this just a cross our fingers and hope that ridership bounces back over the next year situation? Yeah, I mean, the the reasons for doing this, you know, in the statement yesterday, Brad West and the head of uh, TransLink, they were all saying, you know, this is to avoid the death spiral in transit services. If you cut services or raise fares, and you've had a drop in ridership, you are going to reduce ridership, not 
increase it. So they're hoping that this is one last bailout and that when this one money works its way through the system, ridership will recover next year and everything will be better. The problem with that is you look at Translake's own long-time analysis and the organization has been saying for some time that it needs a more robust and reliable funding model in the long run. It needs to find other sources of revenue. If you want people to take transit, you need to keep the fares low and you need to provide a high level of service, including on some routes that don't begin to pay for themselves at this point. So the funding pressures aren't going away. They're putting off the reckoning for a year. I expect that this time next year, maybe sooner, they will be looking to senior governments again for more money okay. because they, the, the problem won't be solved by one bailout. Okay, so is this where this whole mobility pricing thing came from? Well, <laughs> we, we, one of David Eby's um, notable characteristics is that he doesn't always listen to the questions from reporters, and he's so consumed with his talking points that he doesn't always answer them. So Global's mischief maker, Richard Sussman, the gallery president, uh, yesterday uh, in the middle of the press conference, says uh, to EB, well, what about road pricing? Is that a long-term solution? And EB just ducks it. He just sort of says, you know, he gives a whole talking point tape answer, and then in the middle of it, he says, well, you know, we're going to look at obviously all options. Well, of course, immediately uh, people went, hey, he, he isn't ruling out road pricing, and the premier's office recognized the problem. And very quickly, there was a, a David Eby statement on social media saying, no, never, never, never. Uh, I'll never support bringing back tolls, and I'll never support road pricing. So, that problem wouldn't have occurred, I suggest, respectfully, if the Premier had simply listened to the question in the first place and answered it. Well, that seems to be the case, right, sometimes. Doesn't seem yeah. to understand where this is going, like where, what that opens the door for. No, I, I mean, look, uh, David Eby right now is dispensing free money to all kinds of, of places. He's not asking for any sacrifices by anybody, really. He's spending a giant surplus, a one-time surplus. Government's own accounts say that. You're going to be very popular when you're writing checks. If you ever have to turn around at the end of it and say, uh, revenues have dried up, um, we're not in as good a financial position as we used to be, uh, interest payments are rising, we're going to have to rationalize services, People aren't going to like that. And if he says we're going to have to start increasing taxes, some big taxes, um, they aren't going to like that either. So I think he is gambling that before he calls the next election, he won't have to deal with any of the reckoning, that the mon there'll be enough money there to, to maintain all the services, to fund all of his promises without having to go heavily into a bunch of tax increases.
That's the gamble. Yeah. Um, Simi said again yesterday, I believe in the fixed election date, right? The date is October the 19th, 2024. Yvonne, how many times does he have to say it before we start stop well, asking? John Morgan <laughs> undermined the whole meaning of that promise. He insisted he wasn't thinking of an early election until the moment he called one. You know, so the trouble is, as long as we had governments that respected the fit, fixed election date and the liberals, whatever you can say about them, did that, um, there was no question. But as soon as the NDP said, hey, yeah. we've got a great opportunity to get reelected here, we're going to call an early election. Um, of course, people are cynical about what politicians say on that, no matter how many times he says it. If you think about the fact that the money's running out, Simi, I would say if the premier doesn't have some advisors that are thinking, you know, this might be as good as it gets and we might have to wriggle out of this promise not to call an early election, he probably should have some advisors that are thinking of that because this might be as good as it gets. <laughs> well, true, because on the other hand, they have this, this other problem that seems yeah. to be lurking there. That has to do with the public safety issue. Yeah, so the big protest rally in Nanaimo today at 11 a.m., uh, the community up in arms over this poor guy who's in an induced coma because coma, he was shot in a homeless encampment in broad daylight on Sunday afternoon when he tried to recover property that he thought had been stolen from him. And, I mean, you've heard the mayor of Nanaimo, Leonard Krogh, he's been in all media indicating the community's patience has run out. And Krogh is a new Democrat, and it's an NDP riding. And that rally today is... uh, something that the the new Democrats ought to have on their radar screen, that all the promises they've made to improve public safety, however well-intentioned, are going to take some time to play out. And meanwhile, in communities across BC, there are people saying nothing has changed. They still don't feel safe. They still don't feel protected. And this one in Nanaimo is... Oh, this is terrible. a pretty disturbing yeah. case. It's pretty awful. right? Now, I mean, don't be a vigilante, folks. This is why you shouldn't do it. Everybody says that. But they're also saying they understand why people uh, see their stuff being stolen. This guy was trying to run a business. His business uh, was struggling because of it. He and his friends got together and say, let's go take back our property. Uh, he gets shot. But... Needless to say, that doesn't make the community of Nanaimo feel any safer or any more comfortable with the government's program. Well, and obviously the residents feel a little bit helpless, right, if they're yeah. willing to take measures into their own hands to go get that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, our colleague uh, Rob Shaw has got a piece out uh, today, a business in Vancouver, uh, and, and he's saying uh, the two Nanaimo NDP MLAs, one of them a cabinet minister, are strangely silent on this issue. Meanwhile, not surprising, the B.C. Liberals are sending their critic on justice issues, Eleanor Sturko. She's going to be there at the rally in Nanaimo this morning at 11 a.m. So I think, you know, again, the government likes to manage things on the long term, and some of these problems are complicated, Simi. It'll take time to solve them. But meanwhile, in an NDP riding in an NDP town with an NDP mayor and two NDP MLAs, public patience has run out. Mm -hmm. I could see why. All right. Thank you, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.